This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver. In the wake of the shooting last Wednesday at East High School, hundreds of students from several Denver schools marched on the state capitol to demand change. They're asking for real, concrete actions to make our schools safer from gun violence. But are lawmakers listening? Last Friday, I spoke with two East High School sophomores who had just come back from the capitol to hear what it's like to be a student in this moment and why they're not giving up on change. Today is Monday, March 27th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Clara and Gracie Taub, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you. Thanks. How are you two feeling right now? Um, well, it's been a few busy days. Um, we went to the Capitol yesterday and today. We've been to school board meetings, and we've talked to the mayor and the lieutenant governor uh, and the governor's chief of staff all about getting the bills that are currently on the, like, going through the legislation passed. Yeah, it's been kind of exhausting doing that, but it is really important work. And obviously, we're coming from a perspective coming just out of a school shooting on Wednesday, like... Uh, people people are listening to us. So I think it's very motivating to see that. Yeah, this is um, Gracie. We're definitely um, overwhelmed. Um, I mean, it, it's just like the fact that we have to be doing this after such a traumatic event is really frustrating. Uh, I mean, the fact that we even had this shooting at our school in the first place is really frustrating. We're, um, we're really tired of it. We've been going to the Capitol because we want them to make some change. There are a couple bills. One of them um, is an expansion of the extreme risk protection order. That one may have actually changed the situation on Wednesday significantly because it would have allowed teachers to um, be these reporters who can um, petition a judge to take away a student's gun. This student was not able to have a gun legally, but if if that... Um, you know, restriction, that limitation would have been in place. Um, systems like that are what really stops these events from happening. The fact that it happened, it is just a sign that uh, right now our, our legislature is failing us. I, I just want to clarify for folks who are listening. Um, there's this bill in the House right now that says or there's this, this bill that's in legislation right now that's hopefully moving through. But we don't know that says more folks can report can report somebody um, for being a risk to the, to themselves or others, and that and this new bill would say teachers could be included in that. So it, it sounds like you guys feel this could have been prevented, maybe in some way, if that 
that law was in place already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It needed to be in place, uh, you know, a long time ago. Uh, teachers being part of this is would be really impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was just looking, Chris Hansen and uh, Senator Chris Hansen and Senator Rhonda, Rhonda Fields are looking into um, introducing legislation on ghost guns mm. uh, in the next couple of weeks. And I think they're going to try to push for that to be passed before the end of the legislative session in May. Um, from what I know, the student who shot two of our deans was in possession of a ghost gun when he was at a previous school. And so that piece of legislation could have been really impactful. Um, and so we're really just looking for more from our legislators. Mm-hmm. Number one, we want these five bills that are currently moving through uh, the Colorado Congress to be signed by the governor as soon as they get through. And then we want more bills after that. Yeah. So you both are members of this group, Students Demand Action, which has been organizing walkouts and protests against gun violence, like, across the country. Can you both talk about why you you wanted to take this step to get involved? Um, yeah. So we started East Students Demand Action, a chapter, um, last year. We're the co-presidents of that chapter. We wanted to get involved. I mean, we've both been interested in this issue for a while we hadn't been personally affected by it. And last year, we decided that it was an issue that uh, we care about enough to actually start this. And we wouldn't have thought that it would come to this. Like, this year alone, we've had three shootings in or around campus, and we've had a swatting threat that ended, yeah, with us being evacuated at gunpoint, our whole school. So... It's now such an important issue just for our safety, like personally, that it that's why we're we're fighting and we're getting involved and we're planning all these marches and um, meetings at the Capitol. Yeah. To add on to what Clara said, I mean, we started I've been interested in this issue since about uh, fifth grade um, after I think probably one of the things that spurred it was the Parkland shooting. And so we were both involved with organizing some walkouts at our old school in terms of the Parkland shooting. And so I guess what sparked my interest is the fact that to me, it seems this issue is entirely solvable. Um, And fortunately, it's just so politicized, which is really frustrating because, um, you know, from our perspective, students dying, teachers being shot is not political. So we got involved before it had touched our community personally, uh, at least from like from what we'd seen. But we were still interested. And it wasn't until after we started this club about a year ago that um that, you know, this issue really became so urgent and prevalent for the East community specifically. Gracie, you're talking about organizing against gun violence when you were in middle school. I grew up, I went to school and graduated before Columbine happened. So I kind of lived in the pre-Columbine world and you guys are in this post-Columbine world. And I just wonder, I don't know, I just, I I can't imagine how it feels to say we want to organize against something and make sure we try to prevent these things from happening. And now you're in the middle of organizing it because it's happening to you. How does that feel? I mean, it it feels like a necessity rather than something I I want to do. I, I I don't want to spend my days like pleading with our leaders that they keep us safe. Like it's organizing events like this and and doing stuff like this is incredibly stressful especially as it um 
involves, you know, today was meant to be our mental health day. All of Denver public schools had a day off for mental health. Like this is not a day. This is not how I would spend a day committed to like, you know, protecting my mental health or prioritizing my mental health. Like this is, this is not the way that this is not what students should be doing. This is not what students should be prioritizing. You know, we have lives to live. We shouldn't have to be organizing. We shouldn't have to be fighting for these types of things, but we are, and that's an unfortunate reality. And we want lawmakers to understand that we're doing this. We're taking time out of our days, out of our lives, out of our high school careers to do this. And we really want them to acknowledge that and take action. So I love what you're you're creating this great picture for us to understand as adults. We're here. We say, oh, here's a mental health day. But you're spending your mental health day protesting and trying to get adults in legislative positions to listen to you. What was the experience like going to the Capitol? How did you feel talking to legislators about this? Yeah, it's we we've gone to the Capitol a couple of times. We testify on a lot of we testified on a lot of these bills. Um, and we went on March 3rd after Luis was shot. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going going to the Capitol, there's, it's definitely, I heard from a couple senators and representatives yesterday, like, they are not living in reality. It's under that dome. They are not in the real world. And that is definitely true. I, there's just so much partisanness in gun bills that it's, if you really look at it and just the facts of it, it's lives that are at risk, not not your Second Amendment, not, I don't know, your right to carry an AR-15. It's lives, like children's lives are at risk if you don't pass these. And we saw that on Wednesday with, like, if the expansion of the red flag laws, ERPO, was passed, like, that situation would have gone differently. So going there and talking to them, it it is frustrating that we have to be there. But it's definitely very empowering to have people listen to us. And of course, we meet some senators and some representatives that are not on our side. They don't. They're not going to vote for these. And it's incredible to see a 16 year old going up against a senator so like so respectfully saying that this is a problem. And I I know that you believe this and I believe this, but I, I think we can work together on this. I it is incredible to see these young people just being so respectful and well-spoken and just have the ability to do this. Like the lawmakers we talk to, some of them don't have the ability to actually speak with people in a respectful way. And it's just, it's incredible to see, I think. Yeah, absolutely. As, as much as it is frustrating, but it is really incredible. How does it feel when you come up against a lawmaker that will look you in the face and I don't know what they say to you, but that don't think that what you're telling them is a real problem? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we have just I I, I mean, I want to say like horror stories of, of the things we hear these these legislators say that are just it's like these are the people we put in power. Like these are the people we elect. I mean, we had yesterday students uh, spoke with um, one of the legislators who doesn't support uh, gun safety laws. And um, later that day, that legislator posted on Twitter, like, I just had this conversation 
super rude teenagers. Like how, how dare they? Like, I'm not even, I wasn't even part of the issue. I'm not the problem. And it's sort of like, you know, they don't understand if, you know, they are part of the problem. Their inaction is why we're here. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard to know how even these legislators who have children who have to experience this can't wrap their heads around it. Um, but that's sort of what we're really hoping for. We're hoping that our presence at the Capitol, our presence at City Hall, the teachers who are with us, which was just amazing today. Um, we're hoping that that showing really allows legislators to understand how prevalent this issue is we wouldn't be here if it wasn't affecting us as much as it is other than the bills that are in that are in process right now we've got these four bills that are doing a lot that could potentially do a lot for gun control is there anything that you um both are thinking about or or something that you would really love to see change when it comes to guns gun violence and your school environment yeah well i mean this is just the first step this is baseline common sense for for these so first for these bills to actually be effective we need to do more on licensing um with people that sell guns um and then so like knowing who those people are and then actually enforcing them to enforce the bills that the legislature is passing through that's a big step probably going to happen next session yeah permitting and licensing yeah. for, for sellers of guns yeah so that's like on a state level i think on a on a more local level we would love to see some school board action um they recently uh replaced sros into the building until the end of the year and i actually had the chance to talk to a school board member um today at the capitol but finding some solutions other than sros because a lot of students don't feel comfortable with sros in the building and while that may make us safer that's we do need to consider people's feeling of safety. So we, I was talking to her about getting uh, liaisons from DPD in schools. So they're not SROs, but they are people that can advocate for schools. Um, East High School, I know, calls 911 or non-emergency every day. And they spend an average of 30 minutes waiting for them. So like having, so having an SRO in the building does reduce response time to like zero minutes basically. Um, but they also come with some problems. So having a liaison gives you that benefit, but takes away a lot of those problems. Also on a school board level and a little bit of a city level, we would love to see after school programs. Denver has, of course, the My Denver card. Right across our street is the rec center. It's the newest one in the city. But there's not a lot of planned events there. And an important part of reducing youth gun violence is just getting kids off the streets, like getting kids out of these dangerous situations where they might feel the need to have a gun. So having a program that gets kids off the streets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are all important too. Um, and at the same time, we're hoping, I mean, from a national level, we could go on and on about what the country could do, but um we're hoping that, you know, the state, since there is it, there is a, a gun sense majority, um, hoping that they could they can continue to do this work. So um, like I was saying, I'm I'm hoping um, a law regulating ghost guns. I think that's just so urgent and important and, and clear that we need that. I'm also um, looking into like and it sounds like there was some t some chatter about this in the beginning of the legislative session legislative session but it didn't end it end up happening but something around liability for gun owners so 
you know, one way to do that is with insurance, but there are other ways to do that um, as well. So that's another thing I'd like to see. And then I'd like to see more around really focusing on the gun industry. I think the gun industry is unbelievably powerful in, in the United States. And that I think is a driving factor because ultimately, you know, what Clara's mentioning with these after school programs and these SROs, those are like one part of the problem, but ultimately the root cause is guns. There are too many guns in the United States. And so we need to really address that. I think going all the way back to the beginning at gun manufacturers allows us to target both guns that are bought legally and those that are bought illegally. So then that brings me to nationally. I think we need to end PLACA, which is the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, which allows, which prevents um, citizens from filing civil lawsuits against gun manufacturers. If that was allowed to happen, gun manufacturers could be held accountable for who they sell to, how they're selling that, who they're marketing to. For example, they should not be allowed to market a JR-15 to teenagers like that is not okay um but that's a real thing that's happening like that needs to not be a thing so i think uh, i'd really love to see something that targets gun manufacturers I really want to go back just to the SROs conversation really quickly because both of you had mentioned it so in the aftermath of the most recent shooting at your school this week um superintendent Moreto was like okay i'm going to put SROs back in school tomorrow um I know that you've kind of expressed that there's there's two sides to that coin, but do you feel like this was the right? Is this what you wanted from him? Was there anything else? What did you, what did you think when he said that? Yeah, um, SROs have been a problematic topic, especially in our district, because as I'm sure you know, the school board took them out, um, kind of as a political decision without consulting any of the schools. Um, and they replaced them. There were 18 SROs. Most of them were people of color and they replaced them with six mental health professionals. All of those people were white and all of them are off campus. So it's been a it's been an interesting discussion to have. I was at the school board meeting yesterday and they are definitely getting a lot of heat for flip flopping really quickly on this. I personally don't. I think it's the right decision especially because we've had so many incidents this year, I would have liked to see some more action early on. We've had three uh, shootings this year and we've had a swatting incident and all of those things could have been dramatically changed if we had an SRO. But again, I'm speaking, just acknowledging the bias that I have. I am a white woman. So SROs are not affecting me as they affect my peers and I think that is a very important part of this conversation. And a lot of people that go to our school do not feel comfortable with SROs or police. Um, and that is an, an important conversation to have. Mm-hmm. So like um, going back to an alternative, like liaisons from DPD or something like that, that would be, I think, better. But really what SROs are, is they're just another adult in the building that can be trusted. Like that is the main goal of them. Yeah, that just needs we need to go about that a different way and how that can be very effective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think with appropriate reforms, if not an SRO, a an, an adult in the building whose job is to protect. I mean, that is definitely something that we support. Um, yeah. I mean, they need to be reformed in, in ways that that address the concerns. 
I mean, to me, our deans who we walked by, you know, every morning, we said hello to both of them that morning, the, the ones who were shot, like they should not be tasked with searching a possibly armed, armed student. Like that to me is the most urgent thing that needs to be addressed. The fact that there was not someone in the building, that that part of the plan was not thought about by the school board clearly yeah. That to me is the biggest issue. And so whoever it is, somebody's job who's trained, who is who has the capacity to handle that situation more than our deans did, like needs to be assigned with that job. That is, I think, the thing that reintroducing them will cover. However, yeah, they need to be there needs to be major reforms, I think, to make all students feel safe because the consensus there's not a consensus on how they make students feel. And so that needs to be addressed. So I wonder in all the work you're doing and these experiences that you're having in this world that you are, have been growing up in your whole lives. Do you feel hopeful at all that change big change could happen in Colorado, which is a place where gun violence has become our norm? Yeah, I I'm getting pretty hopeful about that. Actually, Me too. I think, I think it's actually going to happen. I mean, we are seeing just the massive amount of momentum from students, especially. And even though school shootings are not the majority of gun deaths, people listen to students. I mean, if we went to the Capitol yesterday and that perspective of like, we were just in a school shooting, we were just in lockdown, we're here now, you need to do something. That perspective is unique to students. And I think because of that perspective and because of just the sheer number of students that are going through this right now, I do think that change is actually going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I'm also hopeful, partly because despite the fact that East High School has been in national news in the past for the past year for the violence ha- that has plagued our community we as people within that community feel like it's so much more than that like we i'm so grateful to belong to a community that is so supportive um our administration our principal our teachers have been there for us the whole way um and that's one of the reasons that i feel i feel really hopeful i i you know despite everything that's happened i i feel like we can get somewhere. I mean, that's not to say I'm, I'm not frustrated with the slow progress, but um, I'm, I'm hopeful, yeah, for the future. This has been so helpful, you guys. I really appreciate you um, and all the work that you're doing. And you're giving me, and I think a lot of other adults that don't have experience with this, the perspective that we need to know that stuff needs to change yesterday. Yeah. So that, so that we don't have to see this happen anymore. Is there anything else you would like adults to know that we seem to be missing in this conversation? Just make sure to vote. We've got an election coming up. Vote. I can't vote, so vote for me. Vote. Please. <laughs> yeah. Well, Clara and Gracie Taub, thank you so much for joining me. Yes, thank you. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell your local lawmaker about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city.
See you later. 